Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Uh, we're a little late this week. Uh, I bl- it's Jeff Keighley's Late fault, on purpose, really. though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was very much a, oh my God, they're going to announce all the things. But of course, it's Thursday, <laughs> which is like, if we don't push the show, then it's one of those things where it's like, we're super duper late to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff on top of that to discuss, too. So. Oh, God. Yeah, we have so much. <laughs> we've got. OK, wait. So we've got uh, Horizon News, which you guys know I'm going to talk about for like six hours. So strap in. Uh, then we've got uh, PlayStation had their state to play. We had the Summer Games Fest. We got uh, uh, Xbox is doing a Sunday thing this weekend. And they and for some reason, they're like, hey, here's the spoilers of our presentation. <laughs> it's like Xbox. No, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, they're getting the uh, they're getting the the tech stuff. Yeah, I guess the, the boring stuff. Yeah, the boring stuff out of the way. That's fair. So. So, yeah, we have a whole lot of presentations. Obviously, this is like. E3 season and summer game fest kickoff and everything else. So we're going to get lots of news through the rest of the month, I think. Uh, But before we get into all of the news and the announcements and everything else, uh, we have some mobile games to talk about. What Mm. even is this show now? (laughs) Well, you you can get it on phones, um, this show. I mean, I do you have a phone? I do. I mean, I don't know where you want to start. I, do we want to start with the bad or do we want to start with the good? Like, I'm really curious about your game, but. I know. Let's get Diablo out of the way, because I think that was kind of I mean, we know that we're not going to be very kind. It was the the big story last week. It was the big launch and, you know, it, it was available a day early and everything else. And it I mean, there are some people who seem pretty stoked on it. They're excited about new Diablo content. Um, That's kind of where the positive praise ends as far as I can tell. Um, But I don't know it. It's the kind of game that very much feels like the devs put it together. They put a good story in there. They wanted to make sure that the combat felt good on mobile And then they passed it off to marketing and to monetization and it got shit on. (laughs) And you can hardly find the good game that's under there for all the shit. (laughs) So, yeah, I like I feel kind of bad for the team that put it together because I think they probably wanted to do a good thing. But oh, my God, Ryan, it has every single one of the terrible trappings of mobile games like this is the mobilest of mobile games and i hate it so much <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um you're absolutely right in that you know there was a dev team uh there is a dev team behind this game that built a very good diablo on mobile you know with touch controls supports controller there's graphical options um, there is a lot under the hood here from a game perspective that you just don't find in mobile games. Um, there's a lot of attention to detail that's that's gone into building something that uh, that works and plays really well. But you're right. I, I've never been good at playing um, free to play games with with blinders on like I, I think. And that's that's how you would need to enjoy this game, because, again, there is a notification popping up. Every time, like a little, a little badge on the notifications, like, oh, you've, you've unlocked this, like, um, 
uh, I don't even like a like a eight hundred percent value chest. Uh, only you can only buy it for six more days, and there's a lot of that. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's a lot of like in your face, like predatory monetization tactics mm-hmm. that they're trying to use to the point that like it doesn't even feel like a Blizzard game anymore. And I've noticed this a little bit in Hearthstone as well. Like it used to be you would just go in and you just play the game. And now it feels like almost every time I'm launching the Hearthstone client, there's a pop up saying there's a new bundle in the shop. There's a new this. There's a new that. And I'm like, ugh. Like, this is really gross. Like, stop. (laughs) You've already, like, you've got my money. I buy packs every time you release a new expansion. I buy the mini set every time that comes out. I play every day. Like, stop. And they've gotten to the point, especially with Battlegrounds, because they're trying as hard as they possibly can to actually monetize what has been or what has become one of their more popular modes. Uh, But it was 100% free right when it first came out and uh, so they're trying to monetize that like crazy by doing cosmetics and i do think cosmetic only is the best way or i guess the most consumer friendly way to do like continuing monetization way better than a whole bunch of different currencies and and you know loot boxes and all the rest of it which to be fair hearthstone has loot boxes cuz it has card packs but um like they're monetizing battlegrounds with just straight up cosmetics and but they're putting out a new bundle of cosmetics it feels like every couple of days and it's just like okay this is like again in my face buy my stuff and i like i hate it because it's in a game that never used to do that (laughs) and i'm wondering like and so now i see like diablo immortal come out and i'm like man blizzard you're just like there's so many things you could do to get a win and you guys need a win and then you do this (laughs) like just stop already holy crap like you're already dead. <laughs> well, you know, it's um it's very odd when you look at what happened with Diablo 3 and I'm, and I think um I think it can be compared because when you look at Diablo 3 it launched with that like real money auction house and people lost their shit and Blizzard, you know, uh they they changed it. They addressed it. And I'm surprised that Diablo Immortal has come out. And and for the most part, I believe, like, the, the uh, actually, I, I mean, here's the thing. I did not dive too far into the, into the monetization side because I didn't need to. What was presented to me was very much, like, gross enough that, like, I don't want to dig deeper because I'm sure there's more here that is just is, is worse than what's being presented. There is cosmetic stuff. There is stuff that allows you to power up your your gear and, and make your character uh, more powerful. There's been links going around of how much it costs to like upgrade. Oh your my character. God. I saw, I saw a post on Reddit, which, you know, a grain of salt or whatever, but like there was a streamer who spent literally $10,000 on this game and has not yet pulled a legendary, whatever the fuck out of their loot box. $10,000. 10,000 like (laughs) I understand like you're a streamer and it's content and it's getting your name out there and whatever like it's advertising money essentially but the fact that a player can spend $10,000 on your game and never get a drop like holy shit the odds in the background must be insane like oh man I don't know I just it's not a good look it's not a like good publicity like oh man 
Yeah. Well, that right there basically confirms my thought process in that, like, there was this internet uproar about the real money auction house. People, like, had to go through a lot of, like, just a lot of negativity for that. And they addressed it. They fixed it. And then with Diablo Immortal, I feel like people have just kind of, are they are they fine with it because it's a mobile game, because it's free? I just feel like there's not that same, out not outcry, like I'm not asking for, I you mean, know. I mean, I don't know in terms of like player base, like how, how big it is, but um, I personally don't know anyone who's still playing Diablo Immortal. Like I'm pretty sure people picked it up because it was new Diablo content and dropped mm. it real fast. And which is then not going to be the same as like the next entry in the Diablo franchise on PC, which is what Diablo three was, right? Like that's, that almost feels like a game worth fighting for, I would say to the community and the existing player base. than you know, what some people may think is a throwaway, like mobile title, right? Like immortal doesn't continue the Diablo three story and bridge the gap to Diablo four. I think it's, it's a prequel or something like that, right? Like it's, if you never play Diablo Immortal, it's not going to impact your PC experience at all. Yeah. So I think that there's a little bit of that potentially going on as people are picking it up, finding it inconsequential, and then just, you know, leaving it alone. <laughs> because they know Diablo 4 is coming, right? So I think if if Diablo 4 is as horribly monetized as this or has something crazy like the real money auction house from Diablo 3, that then we'll see an uproar. Like that's the entry into the series people care about. Mm, I don't think people are playing Immortal. I don't think people care about Immortal. Yeah. Like here's here's the really, you know. Outside of a few whales they're trying to hook, right? Because that's all it takes. Like you just need a few people to dump all their money into this. Yeah. And they don't care about everybody else. (laughs) No, you're you're absolutely right. Like they they don't... um, they don't necessarily even care about the people who are just buying the battle pass and, and, and going that route. Like I, I mean, I, I have to say like, I, I, you know, having played the game on and off for the last week since it came out, I, I have enjoyed the gameplay of it. Like I, I like mobile games. I like the touch control games. I think they're fun to kind of like jump in, play some stuff and jump out. But I'm like you, Jocelyn, like when I see that, that, that push for monetization and, and just all these bundles, it's just, it reeks of, of, you know, really uh, desperate free to play type monetization as opposed to look, I, I, we both play free to play games. We both play games that have monetization schemes like with Hearthstone and, and with Fire Emblem Heroes, like it's there, but it's mm-hmm. not, it, it's, it's not, it's not like this. Like there's a very clear difference between the two. And I mean, it almost feels like Diablo Immortal is, uh, is is five years behind um the playbook yeah. when it comes to free to play monetization like this really and again I know like this game was supposed to launch five years ago and they've really been working on it a lot for this this entire time like I think it got announced yeah but it's well yeah it was announced at was it 2018 BlizzCon right I think it, um, yeah it was it, the year but, before Diablo four yes yeah and Diablo four was at this latest one. In 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Before everything shut down everywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, 2018 is when it was. So four years ago. Um, but still, like a, a big chunk of time for sure. And, you know, like it, it very much seems like they spent a whole lot of time, like I said, off the off the top, like 
there's a pretty good functional game underneath it, but it's really hard. Like you can, you can pay money to like buy a max level character. You can pay money to like for actual power level stuff. Like I was saying like $10,000 dude that never got his legendary drop. Like that's an actual power level thing in the game. It's as far as I understand has like infinite levels, the same as um, like Diablo three does with the, are they called Paragon levels? Yeah, they are Paragon. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember because uh, there's a lot of games doing this now and they all have their different fancy names for it. But it's where like you keep leveling past max, which at the point it's like, well, why do you have a max level then? <laughs> but anyways, like you can you can keep improving your character beyond. Um, and like, I don't know, it just like it, it doesn't feel consumer friendly at all. I hate when you pay for power in games. And it's a shame because it feels like there's a good game and good mechanics underneath all of that. But yeah, I don't know. And it, it's kind of odd, too, because like so, Ryan, I know you've played a whole lot more than I have. And it looked to me like players were in my game, like I could see other people, but they were like fighting stuff in areas where there wasn't anything like I would be fighting stuff and they couldn't see it. And I'm just like, I don't understand why there's people in my game right now and why this isn't just a single player experience other than to just show off the cosmetics that you're trying to sell me, which again was yet another thing that really like bothered me. And I don't know if like you have to like group up or something and I was missing how to do that, but it just like, it just seemed odd and off-putting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't understand why you've done this, except as another skeezy marketing kind of thing. Yeah, I did notice that. I noticed other players running around. Um, there are like common areas where you're going to see folks running around in the same sort of um, instance realm or whatever. Um, and sometimes when you're out fighting enemies, you'll see them fighting other enemies. Sometimes I'd see them like interacting with the same enemies, but I, I think for the most part, they sort of had their own instance. Um, like a lot of Blizzard games uh, that, that have online play, there are, there's a lot of instancing going on um, mm. where you, but you're right, like they're surfacing the other players. So you see them and their, their names. And I think you can tap on them and you can maybe invite them to a party um, there are a lot of dungeons that have like queues. So when you, you know, queue into a dungeon, you can, you can find a party and, and do it as a, as a group of four. And that works really mm -hmm. well. Like, like you said, there's a, there's a really well built Diablo, uh, mobile title here. Um, it is just weighed down heavily by, um, a monetization scheme. Like they throw everything at it. They have, you know, uh, the power leveling pay to win, they have the battle pass. They have the upgraded battle pass where you can buy the whole thing all in one fell swoop. Um, they have uh, like high-end cosmetics. They have, you can buy extra little gems to make your 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 riffs better. Um, they, they have a way for you to pump money in wherever you see fit. And again, if you put that all together, it looks, it is very bad. But if you just want to do, el you know, elder riffs or whatever and, and pay a, pay a couple of gems or whatever like that is that is that that's that's a premium current there's a lot of premium currencies on play i was gonna say i think there's a lot of premium currencies in there but um like there's no like lockout time limits though right or at least i don't think i've run into any like do you mean in terms of um 
Like, what do you mean in terms of lockouts? Like, uh, well, like, you know, like when, when mobile titles have like energy levels and they say like, you have to wait another three hours to do the thing you just did. Like, like Farmville on Facebook used to have where like you would plant your crops, then you have to wait. (laughs) There are like, you have your daily rift run that you can do. And I think you get, you get like one resource to like unlock that rift and, 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 you know, you might need that resource to, to run as many as you want. Um, so okay, there's, so you can, you can pay to get around lockouts then. You, you can, you can, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> oh my God, that was like, it going to be my, my last, like my one shining <laughs> thing about Diablo Immortal is like, at least it didn't have timed lockouts of stuff that you could pay to get around. Never mind. I'll just go buy my lightning bolts and speed up time somehow. Cause it's always a lightning bolt. You know, nah. it is <laughs> in this case, it looks like a weird, like face mask thing um and and the riffs the riffs are things you could do so this is the other thing the other thing that holds this game back is like it can be easily compared to an existing diablo game like diablo 3 where everything you're doing in that game is part of the game you don't have to pay for it and i I remember and i'm not a i'm not a huge diablo you know player so i i don't know all the connections here but like again this is a free-to-play diablo game on mobile I mean, you can probably pick up Diablo three for next next to nothing. Um, Diablo two just got a remake. You go play that. I, I all the classes that are available to play in Immortal are in Diablo three. Um, I'm playing a demon hunter in Immortal. I played a demon hunter in Diablo three. They feel very similar. Um, you know, it's it, but it's on mobile, and I I can appreciate when I'm playing something uh, on a tablet that I once played on a computer. It's like it's a really cool thing to be doing but um it all comes back to the monetization it's it's so in your face that it can be you could be having fun and enjoying the gameplay there's full voice acting for all all the main dialogue it's really great stuff um it feels like a fully fledged diablo game like it's got a a diablo story guess what jocelyn uh demons they're going to be no. demoning. There's demons around, just in case what? you're wondering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, you know, they throw uh, a lot of like, you know, um, demon names out there, like Ball and um, other ones. And then, and then they. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not Ball. It's Bale. Isn't it Bale? I, I, I'm not a Diablo person. Probably maybe like Malthael, maybe. Uh, that that sounds familiar, but you know, Decker Kane didn't mention it. I mean, Decker Kane, oh, okay. I think knows what knows me. But here's the knows thing: I was, I was just about to say he knows what's up. But the, but this is very clearly like we couldn't play this place this game after Diablo three. We got to place it somewhere previous because we're going to continue Diablo three with Diablo four, right? So yeah. they put it in between two and three, and there's this moment where they're introducing like the the big bad, which is um scale or skull or something and uh and and decker kane's like huh i don't know who that is like uh of course there's another one right like i I don't know who this guy is but he seems pretty bad and um it's just so funny that like they 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 continuously they they pull this new you know demon out to be the big bad and uh of course like they're pulling from you know uh, existing mythology and stuff because because blizzard does that yeah but like I just thought it was funny because even Decker Kane's like, who the hell is this guy? Like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but he wants to take over the world. We better stop him. Um, so it's a very Diablo story of like, you know, once again, the Nephilim have to um, clean up some shit. Right. And and that is the story of, of Diablo Immortal. That's the story of Diablo one through three. Right. 
Yeah. And that's fine because the gameplay has always been front and center. And I think with Diablo Immortal, the gameplay as well matches matches the the other titles. But again, it's held back so much by by all this free to play trapping. Mm. And um, and I mean, we haven't even talked about the PC uh, beta that's running. Yeah. So they, they did port the mobile version over to PC and the one thing, so I didn't play on both. Matt did. He played on PC first and then like logged in on his phone and you can play with the same character. But when he logged in on his phone, it wanted him to like redo tutorial stuff and like unlock like abilities he already had and then like threw him into the game right where he had been. And he was like, okay, am I playing in a new game or am I playing in my game? Like, what is going on right now? This is a terrible experience. So it's not, it, it seems like the the PC port, like it didn't translate well to PC. And I mean, I'll let you, cause you actually played the, the PC beta so you can speak to this more than I can. But um, it seemed like it didn't port over very well and that there's some account funkiness as well. I played the PC beta started a few days after mobile and I, and I, I logged into the PC beta the first day it was available and there, there was definitely some account syncing issues. I, I played on mobile first, went over to PC, everything loaded uh, fine. I, I think the core issue that comes with the, the it, again, the, it's a PC beta. I don't know what that means in terms of like, are, are they going to make this a PC game or are they just going to polish up the bugs that are present by by porting a, a mobile game onto PC? I would think it would be the latter. Uh, this is never going to be its own standalone PC thing. I think they just pushed the make it go on PC button and then now they're just going to like fix things. I don't think they're going to like actually make it a PC <laughs> game. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, I mean, um, I wanted to, I did want to step away from like, as you said, like the push, push to push to PC, but, you know, not understanding, you know, the the development side of that, uh, it, but it still very much feels like they took the mobile game and, and moved it to PC very, very quickly. Uh, it feels like a, a reaction to the initial announcement, which I think was the wrong reaction. Oh yeah. They definitely like Diablo Immortal, the announcement of it. Diablo Immortal wasn't necessarily a terrible game. They just had nothing else to announce at that BlizzCon. And the people who attend BlizzCon were not the right audience for a Diablo for the Diablo Immortal announcement to be the BlizzCon announcement. Like it wasn't even the Diablo announcement at BlizzCon. It was all BlizzCon had to offer that year. Like there was nothing. (laughs) So, you know, like it took a lot of heat because Everyone who goes to BlizzCon, there are a lot of WoW players, a lot of PC players, a lot of StarCraft players. Like, they're the super hardcore ones, the ones that love Blizzard, that love the games, love the esports and everything else. They're fully all in. And uh, it was just not the right audience because it wasn't a casual audience. And Diablo Immortal was more of a casual mobile title. I mean, it just wasn't the right time <laughs> but yeah. they had literally nothing else so <laughs> they should have canceled blizzcon and just put out like a blog post about diablo immortal and then and not none of these problems would have existed <laughs> i mean like i think you know when we get that when blizzcon eventually comes back i really think they need to look at their announcement slot and set expectations i think this idea that 
we can build up anticipation while we're spending thousands of dollars to travel sometimes across the country, sometimes across the world, um, when really it's a community event and and it should just be like, I'm going to, to be with my, with the community. Um, I'm not there to see whatever cool announcement's going to come because again, um, that's, I mean, to me, when I look at BlizzCon, like, I, I think that was part of it, but now I think we we need to realize like it's 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 not fair to expect a a huge company to announce everything you know something once a year, but especially Blizzard, uh, mm-hmm. and and they've had a few years without a BlizzCon, so so maybe they'll get back to it. But um, they got to release uh, other stuff first uh, that isn't Diablo Immortal, but the PC port it very much feels like oh god we have to have this on pc you know to address the the issues we had at blizzcon backlash like, yeah and i think that was the wrong way to go about it because again like the pc beta is it it's it is very much the mobile game um that uh i i didn't play with keyboard and mouse i played with a controller but even then it's moving a cursor around um using the b button not the a button but the b button to like tap on things so you're still emulating a tap all the mm. menus are the exact same. Big touch screen buttons. Um, all the equipping stuff is the same. You have to click twice to equip it. It just very much feels like they they took the mobile game and they put it on PC. And yeah, yeah. It it is what it is, but it's not great. And uh, yeah, which I think you, is kind of and that's that's just kind of like a good wrap up of yes. a Diablo Immortal review. Like it is what it is. And it's not great. <laughs> it is not. Um, I, I think if you want to check out Diablo Immortal, put your free-to-play blinders on, play it on mobile. I couldn't even play it on my phone because it's like 25 gigabytes. I had to download it on my iPad because my phone is just, it's <laughs> so your full. phone would be full. <laughs> when, okay, so I can see obviously in Ryan's notes and it said won't fit on my phone. <laughs> I thought you meant like the screen was too no. small or something and you like couldn't see, but no, like you mean like gigs wise, <laughs> you no, didn't I, have I, room on your phone. <laughs> I had enough to download the client, but it has like a bunch of uh, downloads you have to down, you know, you have to get. And if you progress yeah, all through the, the art opening, assets and the, yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I like, I try, oh, let me try it on my phone after I'd started on the iPad and I'd made it through the starting area. It's like, you need 10 gigabytes free to download this thing. And I'm like, I mean, like, I'd have to delete things I use every day. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. deleting, I'm not doing that for Diablo <laughs> Sorry, Immortal. Immortal, not going to happen. Especially yeah. when it's running fine. I have it, on, I have it on an iPad mini and it, it feels great. It, it plays great. But um, I just thought it was so funny. Like, I have a phone. They didn't tell me you don't have a phone with 25 gigabytes free. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You don't have an iPad. Yeah. You don't have a new phone with 256 gigabytes free. Like, I, I mean, it's just all these things. It's, it's just, they it's, all, all yeah. these things combined give you not the greatest experience. And, and yeah, that's fine. It is what it is. And it's not great. <laughs> Put it on the but box. you know what? I mean, I feel like we have like harped on Diablo Immortal so I'm sorry, much. Diablo Immortal. Yeah. Uh, well, that just I'm like I mean, not for Diablo Immortals' feelings. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm just worried about our listeners' feelings no, no. at this point. Like they will listen to like half an hour of us just slamming Diablo Immortal, um, particularly for its monetization. Uh, you know what? I haven't felt like I had to spend a dime on yet. It's Marvel Snap. <laughs> nice. And so I, I am in like the the beta for Marvel Snap, and I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk about it. I've had it for a couple of weeks now, but uh, today I saw people streaming it, <laughs> and I was like, was looking on Twitter, and I've seen like 
other like Hearthstone pros and stuff that I follow, like talking about things they've seen on streams and stuff. I'm like, well, if people are streaming it, I can talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. Um, if you haven't seen this, uh, Marvel Snap is a card game from the developers who originally made Hearthstone. So uh, some kind of big names, Ben Brode, uh, Yang Wu, Hamilton Chu, they're all involved in making Marvel Snap because they uh, left Blizzard, formed their own company called Second Dinner, and Marvel was is, is their first client. Like... <laughs> That's a big deal. Good. Yeah, good on them. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see that team who, I don't know if you watched the announcement video. I know we talked about the announcement video on Gamers In, but um, like they're just so enthusiastic and they love making games. They love Marvel. And I'm so excited to see them get to make something that has a big established IP behind it. Because, like, I've played a lot of Snap now, and, oh my god, Ryan, it is, like, because I don't play mobile games. Like, you know that. I don't play mobile games. And it's so addictive. <laughs> like, but addictive in a good way, not in an addictive, like, just stealing my money way. <laughs> like, so, the whole thing about Marvel Snap is it's very short, very fast, and, um, like, games take between two and three minutes. Like, it's so fast. So, like, it has absolutely nailed the experience of just, like, one more turn. Like, the problem that we have with Civilization, you have with Marvel Snap games. <laughs> Except, like, every Civ turn is an entire match of Marvel Snap, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, it's got that, like, just one more, just one more feeling because the games are so short. And it also has like, so it is like a, a kind of a deck building thing, but they've like, again, uh, compacted and reduced the game down to like, what if you only had 12 cards in a deck and you like, it kind of takes the Hearthstone thing where like you gain one energy every turn and your cards cost a different amount of that energy. And like it is, it's, it takes like the best parts of Hearthstone and then adds some other coolness on top. So like, oh my God, right. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm not a big Marvel fan. Like I say that, like I really liked X-Men growing up, like the, the cartoon. I've watched all the like Marvel, like the MCU movies. Uh, but I mean, there are so many characters in Marvel Snap that I'm like, I have no idea who these guys are. <laughs> So, like, I don't have, like, a deep comic connection to these characters or anything like that. Um, but it is still really, really fun. There's a lot of, like, animation and effects and stuff in the game uh, that really reflect the characters. So, for instance, like, one of the cards that is in the starter deck that you get is Ant-Man. And when you pick him up to play him out of your hand, sometimes he gets really super big and sometimes he gets tiny so that you don't even look like you're floating a card around and it's huh. really fun it's like little flavor animations like that that really like make this game shine i think uh so the gist of like the the game itself like the gameplay loop is there's three areas like the screen you play in portrait mode and the, the screen is split in three and then on the first turn the left like section location they call them of your screen will show you the kind of persistent effect that that location's going to bring you 
And then on the second turn, the middle one is revealed. And then on the third turn, the right one is revealed. And each of those persistent effects changes every game. So there's a whole set of locations that can potentially spawn. And in your game, you'll get three random ones. You can get the same one in the same game. Um, There's different locations that might copy effects from other locations, stuff like that. Uh, There's a whole huge range of them from like destroy the loser's cards on turn four or add an entire another turn to the game because every single game only has six turns, which is why it's so fast. Um, unless you get, like I said, the, the special location that gives you a bonus turn at the end. But every single game is six turns long and the turns take place at the same time. So if you and I are playing against each other, like we both play our turn one and then we both play our turn two and then it's like revealed to each other. And the turns themselves are like 30 seconds long, maybe. I don't actually know the length of the turn timer. But because you only have like one extra energy per turn, uh, you usually only have like one or two options of things you can do. So you like do the thing and push the button and your turn's over. uh, And you do have to wait for your opponent. But like I say, I'm pretty sure the turn timer is only like 30 seconds. Like they are fast games. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that is uh, when we said this when the announcement came out. That is the biggest thing for me is just a three minute game um, sounds fantastic. It's one of the biggest issues I have with really any trading card game is uh, or any of um, uh, like the MOBA stuff, uh, like those free to play games. I I just want something that's quick. And um, I'm I'm also like I like Marvel, like I like the MCU stuff. I like the Marvel video games, but I also don't have like a large understanding of every single character. Like if they are related to the movies, then I'll understand who they are. I mean, or, or any of the recent video games, but outside of that, like there are going to be a lot of unknowns. And, and from what I've seen of the art, it looks, it just looks fantastic. That's my biggest thing. It really does. And that's the thing. You don't really need to know anything about the characters themselves. Um, all of their powers, much like Hearthstone cards or or magic or whatever, like there's a description underneath the card. Um, And so it's, it's not really like you don't need to know Marvel going into snap to play it and have fun. Um, It's, it's pretty, uh, it looks very complicated and it probably sounds very complicated when I'm uh, explaining it. So basically, so I told you guys about the locations you build a 12 card deck, you draw one card every turn. All of them have um, like a cost, an energy cost to them. You get one more energy per turn. Obviously, these things can be modified by different cards you put in your deck. Uh, and then at each location, you can play up to four cards. So you have to, that's kind of where the strategy comes in is you have to like take a look at what the locations are on the board. You have to figure out like what your opponent might play on the turn because, again, your turns are happening at the same time. So there's a little bit of that, like, how well do you know your opponent and what their deck is trying to do uh, to try to kind of help you with your turns. And uh, then based on the cards that you play, they will either like buff other cards or like they have a, a value on them as well, like a score. And what happens is you just you play up to four cards in a location. There's three locations on the board. It's best two out of three. So like you have to have more power on your side of the board in two of the three locations. And if you do, you win the match. Um, So again, it's really fast. It's pretty straightforward. It sounds and looks kind of complicated, but it took me like 
I want to say three matches to get the hang of it. Like you, it actually, you pick it up really quickly. Um, and, and yeah, like they give you a deck that you start with. And the thing that I absolutely love is that I've been playing it for a few weeks now and I haven't spent any money yet. And I, not only have I not spent any money, I haven't felt the need to spend any money. Mm. I've like, I've looked at the shop, but like stuff in the shop is again, like there are two different kinds of currency. So there's like gold bars and then there's, um, credits, which are kind of like a blue, rectangle looking thing they could they almost look like a blue card um and that's it (laughs) and i'm like i looked at the store and it's like you can't like buy cards or like buy card packs you you kind of like you level up the cosmetics of your cards and then as you level up the cosmetics of your cards your collection will get a level so like your collection level is how many cards do you have in your collection? And then like, is your Ant-Man a level one, two, three, whatever. And if it's a level three, you get three more collection points. And then those collection points, again, I know it sounds complicated. It makes a lot more sense when you're looking at the UI, (laughs) but um, though that like collection score will move you along like you get bonuses for every couple of points you get in collection score so you'll unlock more credits you unlock some gold you unlock um like random cards like there's all there's all kinds of stuff there and you can you can basically like buy more credits to level up your collection and therefore unlock more cards but it's not the same as like buying a card pack and i've found that with the game balance the way it is I've had a really good time and I've had a lot of success with like the very base level of cards. Like I've never come up against an opponent that I felt like played to or paid to win. Like I've come up against opponents that have had cards that I've never seen before. I've come up against opponents that have like legendary versions, but it's all the same card. It's just a cosmetic change. It's not like my level two Ant-Man is more powerful than your level one Ant-Man. It's still Ant-Man. He does the same thing. So like if you think of your collection level in terms of like power and like having all the cards and filling out your collection, sure, you can spend money to do that, but you can have fun and you can win without having to spend any money. And if you do spend a lot of money, you're just getting cosmetics. Like it just, it just feels really fair. <laughs> and and I don't feel any pressure to give them any money. I'm at the point now I'm having so much fun, I want to give them money. But again, I feel like that is very consumer-friendly monetization where they're like, hey, we built a great thing. It's free. But if you enjoy it, much like us in our Patreon, <laughs> like if you enjoy it, maybe you throw us a few dollars. Like that'd be great. That's how Marvel Snap feels. Whereas I feel like Diablo Immortal is like, you have to give us money to be able to compete. Our game may or may not be fun. You'll find out when you give us money. And Marvel (laughs) Snap's like, hey, you could do this super cool thing. Do you like it? Neat. Here's a season pass you can pay us for. (laughs) So it feels like they've... um... And, 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 you know, you, you brought up Diablo Mortal, so I'll, I'll go back to it a little Sorry, bit here. I know. It's, just, no, it's, it's because we have these two different monetize. Like, it just so happened that they fell on this week. Yes. And there's two different monetization models kind of going head to head. And I'm like, one one party did it really well and one party did it real bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of also funny 
the juxtaposition of like Blizzard devs and like ex-Blizzard devs like doing it wrong and doing it right. Like, <laughs> anyways, I'm not going to dig into that too far because there's a whole other conversation. But I'm sorry, Ryan, you were no. going to say I brought up Immortal. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I I think when you come when you're comparing the two, and I had said this earlier that like I feel like Diablo Immortals monetization is is stuck five years in the past so if you think of a design doc put together for diablo immortal seven years ago or whatever six years ago it included probably at the time what was considered fair play when it comes to free to play on mobile and then you look at marvel snap and it's like it that is the new respectable way of doing free to play and um you know whether blizzard is is going to learn um from from the industry like i I don't even know if overwatch 2 is has it even been confirmed that they're moving away from loot boxes um i know overwatch 2 was all or overwatch was all cosmetic but like if that thing launches with with loot boxes like that's the problem again that's something that's i remember when overwatch launched like oh man loot boxes it's crazy great and then it was years after a few years after that that it quickly it, it fell out of favor and I look at Marvel Snap and I and I hear the I hear the stories and the monetization. It's like it's all cosmetic. That makes perfect sense. You've built this really solid game, and you have Marvel as the sort of you know wrapping to the this card game on top. Yeah, exactly. Which just presents you with infinite amount of options for cosmetics, and and even then you can be like I know this is a creative team being supported by other creative teams that can build even their own alternate. Uh, cosmetics that aren't even in the comics you know there's so many options there's so many options for like costume changes even uh design changes like uh you've got some some styles that are super serious other that are super cartoony like there's so much space to explore on the art side of marvel that like they're never gonna run out of content for like making alternate cards like alternate card art um, but yeah, like it's it's actually really cool, and the cards start to look really awesome once you start upgrading them. Like, not that the base versions of the cards aren't good looking at all, but like, so level one cards are all like contained within the border. But like, they really lean into the fact that it's a digital game instead of a paper card game. So like, the second level of all the cards, the characters kind of like spread out, get a little bit more. Um, like extreme like you can see the rest of the art and it kind of like breaks the border of the card then the third level they they get 3d so the background kind of goes away and like when you turn the card it's almost like a like a hologram sort of idea Mm. uh and then like the fourth level they get like animated backgrounds and they all have these really cool like on play effects like all they're all that like uh flavor and animation is there as well um, and then, yeah, so then they start to like all the borders of the cards start to change and like the name at the bottom, cause all the characters have their own like stylized name text, uh, like logo, if you want to call it that. Uh, so yeah, like they're all like, again, it's all cosmetic changes, but by the time you level a card all the way up to, I think the highest one is infinite, uh, like the highest level. So it starts with like common uncommon rare epic like it's it's that style of of leveling or whatever um except theirs tops out at infinite (laughs) (laughs) um and once you get there like it almost feels like you're playing with a super cool sparkly shiny 3d model like the cards look so cool (laughs) so i really think that they've 
they've nailed it not only from an from like the aesthetics of the game but just like how it plays how it navigates how easy it is to pick up um how many kind of different complexities because you would think with 12 cards maybe you can't get that complex um but it really does uh kind of give you a like a little bit of direction and makes the deck building a little bit easier because you you only have those 12 options um, but then you have the location RNG and all of those kind of persistent effects that they bring that makes every game feel different. So like I played and I haven't done this in Hearthstone like maybe ever, but I've played the same deck for like two weeks and I've been playing so much like I've been playing Snap on my lunch breaks at work. I've been because I do have to go to the office sometimes. But anyways, <laughs> so I've been playing on my lunch breaks at work. I've been playing like any time that I would normally like check Twitter or like laying in bed at night, like ab about to go to sleep, like when I would be checking social media and stuff. I think it's been a lot better for my mental health, honestly, because I haven't been doom scrolling through Twitter. Uh, I've been playing Marvel Snap instead. And, and like I say, the same deck for like the whole time. And I'm not bored. And I think a lot of that has to do with the locations and their effects. Like it's, it creates this really interesting thing that means like you can know your deck and you can know what you want to do, but then you have like the, the things that you have to adapt to that isn't just the order you draw your cards or what deck your opponent is playing. It's this whole other thing that both you and your opponent have to deal with. And it makes for a really, really interesting game. And like I said, it's so fast that I don't feel bad when I lose, which is, oh, and I haven't even talked about the whole namesake of the game yet. <laughs> right. What's the snap? Is it? Uh... So, yeah, the snap mechanic is almost like a gambling mechanic. So when you're playing on ladder, you start off playing for like one cube. It's this, it's this floaty cube thing in the top middle of your screen. And it starts with a number one on it. And basically you can snap and your opponent can snap and it basically like ups the ante up to a maximum of eight cubes. And those cubes are your like, uh, they look like the, um, the Tesseract from the Thor movies and then eventually all the other Marvel movies. But you remember the blue cube? Yeah. Is is Marvel, is that the cosmic cube? Is that what that is? And Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's a cube. It's a blue cube. I, yeah, I, they I had the Infinity Stone in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. And the, yeah. Um, what's his beak? Smashed it and got the little stone out. Was, Loki. This was like over a decade ago. Was wasn't it Loki? It? Yeah, I, think I, it was Loki. I can't even remember who smashed it to find the stone. Anyway, it doesn't matter because <laughs> does none matter. of that lore is in here. No. Uh, the, the point is that there's this cube in the middle of your screen, and that's basically how you gamble. And your opponent can see when you press that button. So oh. you can use it as kind of like an intimidation tactic kind of thing. So the idea is like you never have to push the button. And if neither of you ever pushes the button, your game is worth one and that's it. And then it's kind of like stars in Hearthstone when you're ranking up on the ladder. And so you can basically say like, I think I'm going to win this game. I'm going to snap. And you like double the amount of points that, that are at stake so basically, if you if you both snap and you're both super confident and you're like, yeah, I'm totally going to win. And there's eight cubes on the on the table, then whoever wins, like one person is going to gain eight points towards their rank. The other person's going to lose eight points. And like, that's a pretty big there's like 10 points in each uh, level. And then there's 10 levels in each rank. So like 
you have like bronze, silver, gold, like again, all of the normal colors you would expect in a ranking system. Um, and they are made up. So like bronze is like 10 to 20, like levels 10 to 20. And then so level 10 will have 10 cubes in it. Level 11 has 10 cubes in it. So you have to get 100 cubes to go from bronze to silver. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So a normal non-snapping round will get you one. So it's really slow. <laughs> but if you lose, you only lose one. So like it, it just creates this laddering system that feels so much better than like any other laddering system I've ever played because it's like high risk, high reward if you want it. If you don't, if you think you're going to lose, you can also retreat and then you don't lose as many. Like it's a really dynamic ladder system. And like I said, because the games are so fast, it doesn't feel bad to lose, which I have yet to play a game where I haven't minded losing. <laughs> like it's a totally new concept for me where I'm like, oh man, I lost, but I don't feel bad and I don't feel stupid. What is this? <laughs> like, I just want to push the button again. <laughs> so I think there's something really special here as somebody who's played a lot of like PvP and ladder type stuff um, in a lot of different venues and who's played a lot of Hearthstone. Um, I, I really think that there's something really cool going on here with Marvel Snap. So um, I believe you can sign up for the beta. It is available right now. The beta is if you create an account and sign in on iOS in the Philippines. <laughs> It's it yeah so they're they're the market right now that has like an open beta basically um but it is available on Android and iOS and will be coming to PC eventually um so after they launch the mobile title they do have plans to to port it over to PC eventually but it's fine on more on mobile like it works really well it's very snappy <laughs> well that's good <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to check it out. I'm 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 gonna wait till it officially launches um, on iOS. I I think like I think it'll be soon because usually when they put it out in open beta in like smaller markets because they've done this in Canada. We got Pokemon Go early, right yes. up in Canada. Yeah, so it's very much like that. And so I mean I'm sure it's gonna be widely available really soon. Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll have to wait very long. And um, I I'm excited to to check it out. I mean, uh, as a fan of of Marvel and and wanting to see more of those those characters and in, in different variations and and whatnot, I I think that sounds it sounds perfect. So um, and the three minute games like they had me at three minute games because that, right <laughs> like I, the fact that you you don't feel bad losing, I think it goes back to the time investment of like. If yeah. you lose a 20 minute game, you you feel like you lost not only the game, but 20 minutes, but 20 minutes of your time. Yeah, exactly. But this yeah. is like literally, yeah, like I said, it's I think it's like three minutes is on the long side. Like if you and your opponent both play quickly, you can be done in like a minute and a half. <laughs> uh, that sounds that sounds awesome. Honestly, like I feel like I, I and I'm probably people at home, too, are probably feeling like it's hard to imagine a game like that you know, being done in a minute and a half to three minutes and, and feeling like a, like a solid card game. But I, I, I really do feel like just based on your descriptions and based on what I've seen, like playing will, will make a believer of, of everyone. And uh, the fact yeah. that it's free to play and, and there are no like weird, you know, pay to win mechanics. I, mm -hmm. I think that's key. And we have a free to play title that'll probably come up later on in the show as well. Like, when you say you're free to play, you do have to, you do right away have to mention, but we are not pay to win. 
And I think yeah. those are the those are the keywords. I mean, y- you still have to have proof in the pudding. You know, you need to make sure that, that your gameplay backs up and and um, y- your actual monetization makes sense. But um, you, if you're starting with free to play, you you got to immediately follow up with it, not pay to win cosmetics, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to to check this one out very soon. Yeah, I mean, I think my my favorite thing about it so far has been how smart it makes me feel when I correctly anticipate my opponent. Because your turns happen at the same time, you don't really like react necessarily like you do in a in when you're passing the turn back and forth. Um, so there are cards like I think um, specifically the Guardians of the Galaxy um, characters when you play them, they give you a bonus if your opponent played in the same spot. So like if you can guess correctly where your opponent is going to play their cards in that turn and you play your card in that same place, then it gets more powerful. And so like when you can get that to go off, it's so satisfying, Ryan. You feel so smart. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I really think that you guys are going to enjoy it. So again, uh, go check out Marvel Snap when you can. Uh, give Diablo Immortal a pass. But uh, yeah, we did want to take a moment and thank our June patron, uh, Josh Cook. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would like to be just like Josh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support the show. That's going to bring us to the news this week. Yes, we have talked for like, I don't even know how long at this point, an hour, and we're only just getting to the news. So we're going to get through all of these showcases as fast as we can and give you our thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, we have talked about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, we do. Yeah, they're, we making do. A, they're making a TV show. This is with Netflix, right? It is, yeah. And uh, I'm a little bit confused. So like we first heard, I think it was uh, an earnings call or whatever, where they mentioned like, things that are upcoming and horizon zero dawn was one of those things that was a tv show in the works but we got no details so we've got a little bit more details now um that are like i mean if you want to call it leaked (laughs) or if you want to just call it shared it's up to you but apparently it's going to be called horizon 2074 which i have questions about because as far as i understood the existing timeline of the games nothing's happening in 2074 because like life as we know it on earth ended in like the mid to late 2060s. I think it was like 2065 or 66 or something. Um, And everything on earth, including all like marine life was dead by 2070. So like what's happening in 2064 or 2074? Like that seems like the wrong time. Is it just going to be about the robots? (laughs) But that's just the title. I mean, they didn't say that's the time when it's set. They said it's um, splitting between the time you see in the games and like where things start to fall, which is, I think, a very interesting portion. It's always what sucked me into the Horizon universe was like how the apocalypse happened and the whole like robot plague thing was so interesting and sucked me into Zero Dawn. Yeah. Well, I I think when you look at adapting a video game into a TV show or a movie, you really do have to um, take out a lot of that gameplay uh, and and put in more story. And I think if you're looking at Horizon, you've got the perfect setup of having um, like a back and forth between the the two periods in time to kind of have more story to talk about. And, And really like the 
in the games, the the old times, that was it's all story, no gameplay. So the fact that mm-hmm. they can pull from that and really flesh it out and present it in a way that that, that can be done really well with a TV show, I, I think it's a I, I honestly did not anticipate them doing this. And I think this is just it goes back to how adaptations are working now in that they're not just doing let's just get it out there, make our licensing fee and move on. They are really trying to craft a good horizon show because mm-hmm. again, like if they were just trying to get it out, I think like, okay, it's either going to be solely set in the lead up to the, um, uh, the, the death of humanity, or it's just going to be solely set in this new world and tell a side story. But the fact that they're telling both and likely involving a lot of the characters that are in the video games, like that is, that's the way to go. Like that's how you Mm -hmm. capture fans and, you know, people who have not experienced the property before. I I think it's a perfect approach. Yeah, I agree because like, that's the thing is in the game, like the gameplay stuff that you do obviously is all in the future, but there's so many like flashbacks to the events of the past and there's so much material there. It really does play into the larger story of the universe. And like, I think there is, there's a lot to, to explain there. And that's basically what they said that they were going to try to do is to make the show like a companion piece to the games to kind of like explain things more because like, so there's a lot of like holograms, there's a lot of like audio and stuff, but it's like, it'll be one character at one very specific moment in time like or um, like one event will be recorded in like a broken up email or something. There's a lot of work you can do there to flesh it out and make it more interesting and turn it into a TV show. It's like the the bare bones are there. The outline is written in the game for a really good TV show. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to see all the characters that we're kind of already familiar with, both in the past and the future. And uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. And apparently they're talking to the girl from Game of Thrones that played um, that really annoying wildling girl with the red hair that Jon Snow was like all up in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know her name, but I, I know who you're talking about. I, I, yeah, I, think... I can't remember her name either. And I'm pretty sure they're actually married in real life now. Yes. Yeah, they are. The guy that played Jon Snow and the guy and the girl that played her, um, the wildling lady whose name I can't remember. <laughs> I, I can't remember either. I'm I'm trying to think like if that's if that's yeah like it it sounds like a good choice. I I'm I'm in, I'm no I'm yeah. No casting I, mean, I thought she did a really good job of being a super annoying character, which I found the character super annoying in the books too. Like she nailed the character. Oh, okay. It was just an awful character. Like she's a good actress. Like I would be <laughs> totally fine with her playing Aloy because yeah, she nailed that awful character. <laughs> I, th- I I mean I think uh, I, I think you're right. Like she'll be able to to take the character of Aloy and and uh, build out a, a really a really cool uh, representation of that character on 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 TV and 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 Netflix. I, I'm 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 excited for this. I think Sony going all in on you know TV and movies, and we'll have other Sony products we're going to talk about with with TV and movies later on. But like it is kind of crazy to see them moving forward so quickly. And I, I know you weren't on when I talked about watching the Uncharted film. And I mean, it was a, it was a, 
it was a good adaptation of Uncharted. Like, it's not a perfect yeah, film. I liked but, it. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I, because I, yeah, like you said, we didn't talk about it, but I liked it. I thought it was fine. Like, it was a good ride. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised, honestly. Like, I, I think the hardest part is, is, is getting over Spider-Man as, as Nathan Drake, but it, it quickly, you quickly get past that because it is, it is, it's well done. So, yeah. um, I think PlayStation's heading in the right direction with, uh, some might be a little uneasy by the the speed at which they're doing it with all their properties, and and that can be um, a little alarming. But I think they have the resources to do that, right? So yeah, they're a film company, right? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Like I don't feel like they're rushing it in any or spreading themselves too thin. I guess would be it would be a better um, way to put that. I think that they're seeing success in the space. I think that they are recognizing that they have a lot of good IP at their disposal and they're capitalizing on it. And I think that they're, like you said, I, I thought that the Uncharted movie was was fine, was fun, was good. Um, like, I mean, it's not going to win any awards anytime soon, but it was a good action flick. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think they're moving in the right direction and I'm not worried. I think they're going to do a good job. I'm just really excited about more content in the Horizon space. And speaking of... We did have the PlayStation State of Play earlier on in the month, and uh, they announced not only some changes and updates to Horizon Forbidden West, but also uh, the Horizon VR experience, which, Ryan, you know how what mm. I'm like with VR. I will not touch this with a 10-foot pole. I got nauseous just watching like the first-person view of doing like Horizon platforming and climbing and jumping and stuff. Like I, oh my God, I would throw up within two seconds of starting this game. But I'm hoping that you're going to check it out. Well, <laughs> I can live vicariously through you and your eyes and your stomach. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I, I don't know if I plan on picking up a, a PlayStation <gasps> VR 2. Um, I have the quest too, and I, I know, I know horizon will likely never come to, uh, to a non PlayStation VR headset, but, um, well, it yeah. might, I mean, it, it, they did port zero dawn over to PC eventually. Right. So, and I'm sure I think, I think that they've said that they have plans to do it to forbidden West. I couldn't imagine them not. Yeah. I, I, I so think you never so. Know. You, you know, I mean, at this stage it's, it's, you never do know. And I, I think like when you look at. I just think when you look at PlayStation investing in VR and having like, you know, a piece of exclusive tech tied to another piece of exclusive tech with exclusive content for a very small, uh, smaller margin of, of players, like porting it to to other uh, systems might might lead to a loss of sales of, of said extra hardware. But but I don't know, like I, I hope it gets ported to um, to PC. That would be really great to see. I think more people would would play it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I think like, here's the thing. I like VR. I like playing VR experiences, but I think that, um, the sort of floaty hand stuff, uh, mm. with, oh, the, God, with the bobby I hate head the floaty hand stuff so much. <laughs> it's, um, it, like, it, I understand that they want you to have some sort of visual representation of your hands in the game, but I, yeah, the floaty hands look so weird to me. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to place. I, I've, I know, I know a lot of great VR games do it. I, I've played uh, the most recent one would be. I mean, a lot of VR games do the floaty hand stuff, and I think like I, I've played um, the Resident Evil Four VR game, which has is basically a port of uh, of of Resident Evil Four in VR, and it works really well. And it's the same thing. It's the floaty hands, you know, like move your hand down and hold the grip to pull out your gun, and and you can grab um, you know your uh, uh, accessories off your your 
vest or, or pull a shotgun from behind your shoulder. Like they have all that, all the VR trappings there. But like, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I guess I'm not as, as steeped in VR as, as other folks. Cause I see a lot of these other experiences and I'm like, okay, I'll, another one of those, but it's set in horizon. Another one of those, but it's, but this time I'm Iron Man and like, yeah. I like VR. <laughs> I like it. I'm, I sound like I'm poo pooing VR, but I, I, um, I'm excited to see what this is. Like, I think that when you look at the difference in fidelity between like the Quest 2 demos and the PSVR 2 demos, they're the biggest difference being like the processing power is the PS5, not the headset. And there is yeah. a very big difference there. So I think that's where I'm excited to see where PlayStation can go with Horizon um, VR because it is being powered by the PS5, not not the headset, which is where Meta is going with their Quest headsets. It's all on the headset. So there's a very clear difference in processing power. That's where I'm excited to see what this ends up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a release date for Stray, which I'm kind of pretty excited about. That was the like robots and cats game. It's <laughs> coming at July 19th. We got that release date. So uh, I am definitely going to play as a little kitty cat. It's going to be awesome. Are you are you looking forward to that, too? Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, it's also going to be coming to one of their higher PS Plus tiers, and I think that's likely how I'll check it out. I do plan on checking out the new PS Plus tiers, at least the middle tier, just to see what it's like. Has that already started? Uh, I think it launches this week. Oh, OK. I was going to say, I'm like, I was paying for PlayStation Plus. Because I'm paying for everything. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know like when that changes or if I need to do anything. Uh, no, it shouldn't change for you if you have the base PS Plus, but um, you'll be able to upgrade it to PS Plus Plus if you want. <laughs> PS Plus Plus Plus. It's not that it's called, but like that's how I've been. That's the moniker I've used. I think they should have gone with it, honestly. Like, I think it's just... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's How easy. many I think pluses do you want? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like it, it, it pretty much it works. It works out. Like it's if it, the more pluses you have, the more expensive it is, the more stuff you get. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's like PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, and then PlayStation Plus Premium, which is like how could we grab the three most generic buzzwords we can find yeah. for marketing? Um, it is what it is, but like, I, I am excited to check out stray and I'm, I'm interested for the show to check out, um, the higher tier subscription service, which is launching on the 13th here in North America. Um, okay. and I'll probably like get, you know, queue up my month to include the 19th. So, uh, we might be a little late on it, but, uh, yeah, like it, it looks cool. I'm, I'm always excited for new content to check out and, um, I've never played a cat robot game. So, uh, sounds great. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we also got an announcement of final fantasy 16 with a super cool trailer. I was very confused. I'm not a huge <laughs> final fantasy player. Uh, I dipped my toe into final fantasy 14, the MMO. I watched Matt play the super bro life in the convertible game, which was right. final fantasy 15. And I was like, I don't understand how we go from like four bros in a convertible to this. <laughs> It's like, I don't understand this universe. <laughs> I'm so confused. But it looks cool. And I find every time I watch a trailer for a Final Fantasy game, I'm like, oh, that looks so cool. <laughs> and then it always turns out to be Final Fantasy. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but maybe I should play it. Maybe I should just play 16. Apparently, they're all like standalone. <laughs> yes, they're, they're all standalone unless they have um, 
like the the repeat moniker like so there's there are there's like 10 one through three uh there's variations of seven uh through movies and video games and whatnot and <laughs> Um, for me, like when it comes to Final Fantasy, uh, and the reason I laughed at the beginning was was basically like I also don't know what's going on um, in in this video, and uh, I know a lot of people but are excited. It looks super cool, right? Like, yes, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm excited that people are excited. I, I think it's it's going to end up being a great game. I, Final Fantasy has earned that pedigree when they announce a new mainline game, and there's a reason to be excited. I mean, they, as you said, they made four dudes uh in a convertible into a really cool final fantasy game and people love that one so Mm -hmm. i I think if you can like and now they're returning to more of like the fantasy realm less like modern setting and more fantasy like i i think that people are excited to see that um location change or, or time period change so um and it just looks like they've they've really like increased everything you know to 11 with you know a lot of those big monsters you're seeing fighting each other's my my understanding is that those are the summons which are a major sort of inclusion in the final fantasy franchise um and it looks as though those summons are moving from just you know a character showing up and, and doing a quick spell and moving towards like more interactions and and just big awesome cinematics it reminded me of uh of the that um pokemon one that we that we played uh sword and shield yeah where you got to gigamax your pokemon that's what <laughs> yeah. it reminded me of <laughs> except for done in a way more high fantasy style <laughs> but still super cool um is there anything else from uh the state of play that you want to talk about before we move into summer games fest yeah so they uh confirmed uh resident evil 4 remake uh i love resident evil 4 and i'm excited to uh, see what they do with with the remake treatment like they have for two and three um we'll see more of that at the capcom showcase uh next week before we we have another episode so we'll likely get to chat more about it then and and i'll chat about it on on zombie day my podcast but uh it's a beloved game and and it's nice to see it getting the treatment because i mean something that we've talked about before is um, Lou and I on Zamp is that you know while Resident Evil Four is a beloved game, it's still one that came out in two thousand five. Like it's it yeah, is it's old, showing its age, yeah, <laughs> very much so. And even playing the VR port of it, like you really do feel like oh they've they've done a lot of work here to make this work uh, in VR, but it's still it's still like it works really well because they are porting like a like a GameCube game and it's able to run directly on the headset and but you can tell it because it was more cartoony whereas this remake very much looks to be more like photorealistic so looking forward to that um you know the Callisto protocol which was also talked about in Summer Games Fest which is uh a, um made by uh uh the lead designer for Dead Space uh and yes it's very gross Jocelyn probably did not watch the trailers is that the one where you can shoot off the parts <laughs> That is very much like the, yeah, it was sort of the idea behind Dead Space was like, oh, you can, they have the limb system and, and it's back yeah. in this one. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I did, I did watch it. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I'll say this, like the PlayStation State of Play one was a lot more, uh, it held back a lot, but I, I had to turn away when they had it at, at Summer's Game Fest because they, they really? showed a, ugh, a lot of gross stuff. Oh man, I haven't watched the Summer Games Fest version. Now I want to go find it. <laughs> I I almost wanted like 
I mean, you don't have to watch it now, but your reaction would be like, yeah, like the 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 state of play one. I felt like they held it back. I mean, Dead Space was known for its like really grotesque death scenes, and it was very gory, and it looks like they're taking that with Callisto Protocol and and ramping it up. Um, and obviously, it's a what two differences of generations now between Dead Space and. And, mm-hmm. and Callisto Protocol. Yeah, they so. can give us so much more gore now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, that's going to be my biggest problem with that game. It's like, it really feels like they are, they're going all out. And um, yeah, so it's not for everybody, but I did love Dead Space. And it, this very much feels like a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And, um, you know, other than that, like with State of Play, Sony confirmed they are continuing to bring games to PC. And I... I could have sworn i don't know if it felt chillier that day but it felt like health froze over because they're bringing spider-man to pc (laughs) it felt like sony would hold on to that one for they just wouldn't do it they would refuse to do it but but they're doing it they're bringing the two spider-man games to pc by the end of this year it's crazy and it's i'm literally watching it as we're (laughs) (laughs) are you the summer games fest one it's it's really gross game fest one yeah it's not uh uh, it's not so bad i mean it was a scene where the guy loses like his whole face like it's not great (laughs) that's fair yeah there's another scene where he gets sucked into like this weird turbine and it's slow i was gonna say i'm seeing things spinning now so yeah just wait (laughs) it's it's coming up and it's like it's uh it's like oh yeah he he fully realizes he's going in there and it's not gonna be pretty so (laughs) yeah it's uh it's gross but um yeah no it was a good state of play i mean it was not the big you know, uh, oh, the player death. I see. I thought it was a bad guy. No, it's the player. Now I get it. It's a very, um, oh my God, a, a, a Tomb Raider. Yes. Tomb Raider. Yeah, it's very Tomb Raider. Yeah, there was, uh, I mean, folks who have played Dead Space 2, all I need to say is uh, the moment where you have to lay on a table and, and use a needle to extract data from yourself. And uh, I mean, you if you played the game, you know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh, yeah. So it's those guys making another one of those with the technology behind, you know, the current <laughs> generation two of consoles. more generations of, yeah, technology. Oh, yeah. You might not want to go there. I don't know. We just might not. <laughs> you might not. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it was at Summer Games Fest as well. Uh, we are getting the port of Spider-Man. Um, are you are you going to play it on PC or? No, I mean, um, well, well, there's there was a lot of like, you know, remake announcements and stuff like yeah. that. And I, for one, am. Uh, I saw a great tweet where where people were saying like, you know, remakes aren't necessarily for people who have played the game before. I know, like, okay, so they announced the Last of Us remake at Summer Games Fest. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like great because I've been sitting on the Last of Us experience for so long now. It's gotten to the point that it's so old that now they're remaking it for me. So now I can play it on the tech of two, and I can play Last of Us into part two and then ta-da! whole next gen experience nailed it by being lazy <laughs> oh, i mean it's one of those things where you know i i'm excited that they're making they're taking the last of us part one which is a fantastic game uh great story has some issues from from a gameplay perspective and bringing it into the part two engine redoing it from the ground up um outside of like their performances they've they've ported those over those are fantastic yes, yeah Um, but I think it's, it it makes sense. Like it's a, it feels like a lot of the last of us, but that's coming from someone who has engaged with every piece of content since its launch. So I can recognize that 
The Last of Us Part One remake or whatever, it, it's not necessarily for me because I don't really have an interest in playing it. I'll check it out when when I'm you know when it goes on sale or I, I get around to it. But I've played that that story and I'm I'm good. I don't need to revisit it. But I'm excited for folks who want to use this as an opportunity to pick it back up and and maybe experience it for the first time or or um, you know start it over after having not finished it. So for you know, folks like you, Jocelyn, like, I think it is a perfect time to jump in, um, play part one, jump into part two, get that complete story. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see, to see what it's all about, especially. And I mean, like, it's the kind of thing where my expectations are pretty high now, just because everyone has talked about it so much. And, you know, it's such a staple of gamer culture that I just missed. (laughs) So I mean, I, I am very excited to experience it, even though my expectations are so high. I hope it lives up to them. It probably it, it'll be, I think, because they're porting it into the new engine or the newer engine. I think that that's going to make a really big difference to my experience. And it's going to be as if they just released part one and part two at the same time on current gen stuff. And I'm going to get to experience it like you guys did a few years ago. So I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be really good. So I that was I think the highlight for me was the was the part one remake getting uh, announced of Last of Us. Although there were other announcements, we got our first announcement out of um, the ex Blizzard crew who did a lot of their RTS stuff, um, Frost Giant. So they're bringing us Stormgate, which is an R- is is another RTS, which is not surprising because <laughs> yeah. that's what their expertise is. Um, we didn't see any gameplay. Uh, it was very vague. There's like some demon hell stuff but also there's some like next not next gen but like next level futuristic robot type human stuff so it very much looks like i mean i would expect more than just two factions to play as in an rts but i mean if there is only two then you're gonna have like the good guys which are futuristic humans and robots and then the bad guys which are like hell-bound demon people <laughs> yeah. they they've said that um there will be more than two factions they're only announcing two um at this stage and uh this was what we were alluding to earlier it's gonna be free to play no pay to win um they want to bring rts to everyone what what was done by riot and dota and uh, I, well, Riot and League of Legends and, and Valve and Dota 2, they want to do that for RTSs with with Stormgate. And I mean, um, there was uh, a whole thread in Discord as we were following along Summer Games Fest. And while a lot of us are excited for what, you know, a new RTS could bring, because we don't get them all the time, um, rightfully so, when we hear free-to-play, it, it, we we can be wary. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to see w- what... What comes from Stormgate? I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I thought that the trailer set up a really cool universe, uh, but uh, like others, I'm a little concerned about what free to play could be. But if it's if it's cosmetics or, um, you know, stuff like that, I, I think that's fine. You know, like uh, specialized. Um, I mean, StarCraft Two has a lot of cosmetics, and and they were all optional. So mm-hmm. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how it plays and as you said there's no gameplay if you go to the steam page there are screenshots of the gameplay i mean it doesn't doesn't necessarily like inspire great confidence um but but we haven't seen it in motion and i think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing to hold on to and and i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt yeah and honestly i mean we i feel like we just got the announcement of the studio existing 
very recently. Like this, this is a whole lot faster than I thought we were going to, because they, they um, announced Frost Giant right around the same time that Mike Morheim launched his new company, Dream, Dreamhaven. I was just I'm like, I'm totally blanking on the name of his company. But anyways, yeah. I felt like they all kind of revealed themselves around the same time. Um, and I wasn't expecting to hear anything out of them this year at all. I thought we were going to be looking at, you know, like 20, 2023, like sneak peeks for 2024 and 2025 releases. I mean, much the same as as Second Dinner with Marvel. I mean, it th- that's been four years since they split from Hearthstone. Um, or like since they left Blizzard and, you know, created their own company and everything else. That was four years ago. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a pretty quick turnaround on a, on a first title. So I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> and like you say, seeing, seeing a game in a screenshot is a whole lot different than seeing it in motion and, and seeing how it plays mechanically. Right. So I'll still give them the benefit of the doubt because a lot of the people behind Stormgate are the same people who made some really excellent RTS experiences of when they were uh, over at Blizzard. So I have high hopes. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I am looking forward to seeing what this can be. I mean, we'll get a beta in 2023, so we do have a little bit more time to wait. But as you said, I was surprised to see um, that we'll be getting something so soon from them because uh, it sounds like it's going to be a, a big undertaking. Um the other thing that kind of jumped out to me from Summer Games Fest is uh, to to have re not re reveal but more uh, a, another look at the Marvel uh, Marvel the Marvel uh, <laughs> Marvel Midnight uh, Suns from the Firaxis team, which are the uh, XCOM group, um, and confirming Spider Man would be in it uh, as well as Venom as an enemy, and uh, it'll be launching in October, which was um, it was delayed from March. So I'm really looking forward to this one as a as a huge fan of, of of Marvel video games and such. I'm really I'm really loving how Marvel is is getting better at licensing their stuff and doing it in uh, in creative ways where they're licensing it to um you know specific teams that have like a specific vision for for a great game. So like you said Marvel Snap, you've got Marvel Midnight Suns, you've had Spider-Man um but also seeing that you know, they aren't, again, tying, like, I think they learned their lesson with Avengers and Spider-Man and, and trying to make Spider-Man exclusive to a specific platform. And now seeing, you know, this trailer, I was really worried, like, they had this trailer yeah. and they're focusing on <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Is this going to be PlayStation exclusive? And no, it's, he's on the box art. He's part of the game. He's a, he's a major fixture of the team. And I'm like, great. They're learning from their mistakes. They're They're pushing forward where um and 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 learning so i'm excited to see what uh i'm excited to play marvel midnight suns i i think it's it's one of those ones when they describe it on paper as like from the XCOM team but it's a card battler but also like a social experience where you're you're conversing with your heroes in between missions like it it sounds really cool but could be could could not be but it it sounds like it's gonna be really neat i'm i'm looking forward to it i i was kind of hoping for an earlier release but I'll take October. Yeah, October's not too bad in the grand scheme of things. No. Yeah. It's not right around the corner, but it's close enough. At least it's not next year. It's coming out this year, so. Yeah. <laughs> it could be so much worse. They could have said February next year. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be too far, but I I I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was a pretty good showing. It was under 2 hours. Um there was still a lot in there that uh that was very traditional video game type stuff you had your call of duty you had your 
Uh, I think there were a lot of shooters, to be honest, uh, and and it's not really my my jam these days. But um, it was a good show. I don't know if you watched the whole. I I don't know if you watched it live, but like it was, it moved at a pretty steady clip. There was a weird The Rock clip. I didn't catch it. I was <laughs> I was doing something else at the time, but I guess it was pretty awkward. Where he just talked about Black Adam for like fifteen minutes, and then he drank like an energy drink at the end. It was. <laughs> interesting <laughs> i didn't watch no so i didn't watch live uh because i mean my work's been absolutely insane so i didn't watch live uh i just kind of watched the the trailers after the fact but that sounds amazingly hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if it was a commercial for the energy drink or he just happened to have one in his hand while he was filming it and, and he like, just well, thought that's what he should do is just chug it <laughs> like can we ask the rock to reshoot i don't think we can ask the rock to i don't think we can give him notes i really yeah do we have to pay him again no. like if, if we ask him to redo something <laughs> <laughs> i think we should just leave it in i mean it's not that bad i mean are we gonna get in trouble like no if yeah anything we, we make a check for it i don't know so i i don't know it was uh it it'll be interesting to see where these shows go in the future but i i feel like um you know summer games fest is is likely here to stay and uh i would know. think so I mean, the only the only other thing that I that I did want to mention is um, Layers of Fears, (laughs) (laughs) which is the most awkward name ever. But it's basically um, like they've um, remastered, but also made a sequel to the Layers of Fear um, kind of franchise. So I'm kind of curious about that, like. Layers of Fear, I never even, I don't think I made it all the way to the end of that game because it scared me badly. And I understand that it is a kind of curated experience meant to pull those emotions out of me. And it's it's very like, it's, it's made to jump scare you. <laughs> but like, man, was that a scary freaking game. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see what this is going to be because it, it has all the same trappings of the first game. Um, like it looks super cool. It looks super creepy. It's got all the ghosty type stuff, but extra dimensional stuff, too. And oh man, I just I think it's gonna be so cool. I'm glad I'm glad that they're making more layers of fear content, even if I need to watch somebody else play it. <laughs> Yeah, I um, this is the same. Uh, the Bloober team, I think, are are the folks behind the medium. I think that we both played. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm not gonna play that one, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> that you're excited to watch people play it. I was gonna say, yeah, like we're gonna end up playing layers layers of fears um, like <laughs> vicariously through like streamers or something, and then we'll sure. talk about it on the show. But yeah, I mean, there are some horror games that I just I I know I'm gonna struggle to play. So yeah, um, but but other than that, I mean, I I thought that there was uh, there were some pretty good announcements. I mean, it was also like there was some maybe not as interesting stuff that felt a little bit like filler. Um, but I mean, overall, there was some pretty cool stuff that came out of Summer Games Fest. So, and we have the Xbox um, update coming on uh, on Sunday. So we'll talk all Xbox things next week. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we call it a show? I I think that's uh, that's a good uh, chunk of video game announcements. I mean, I know Netflix had like a big event, and um, I'll, I'll only mention that uh, they out of nowhere announced it. I didn't know they were making this, but they're making a Dragon Age anime uh called uh, dragon age absolution they announced um this follow-up series to castlevania which is going to be coming uh soon so i mean netflix has kind of jumped in to video games uh they've got a lot of adaptations i mean we talked about another Mm -hmm. one today 
And I, I think, um, I don't know if I'll, I'll get around to talking about it, but I, I did eventually, um, just today, they announced a bunch of games. They have a gaming service where you can like download the game for free and then sign in through your Netflix account and then access the game. Um, I, I, they announced a bunch of stuff for that. And uh, I, I've been kind of dabbling with some of those too. So, did you ever watch the Witcher animated series? Uh, th- was it? Yeah, I, I think it was a movie, right? I think I did watch it. It was the, um, it was sort of the prequel. I think it was Vesemir. Yeah, I thought for some, yeah, for some reason I thought it was a TV show, but I think you're right. I think it was just a, a movie. But anyways, my point was going to be that um, they've they've kind of established themselves in this space now, and and I did really like that interpretation like that prequel like i thought it was really really well done it was very entertaining so yeah i think that whatever they do with uh with a dragon age anime will be really good yeah they, they've done a really good job with their their animated stuff and i i know there have been there's been talk out there about like netflix really cutting back and and um on their animated budgets and you know there's been some struggles there but like even the the cuphead show like um the kids love it I, I really enjoy it as well. Like, I've never played Cuphead. Oh, really? I never I never bothered checking it out because I was like, I never played Cuphead. So I don't know what what this even is. But <laughs> I like uh, the animation style. I always did like the animation style of of Cuphead in the game. It just looks so punishing. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> to do this. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen like streamers struggle through this game and like pull bosses 200 times. And I'm like, that sounds awful to me. Why? <laughs> But now I can just watch it on TV. And it's yeah. good. They're 15 minute episodes. Uh, you don't have to restart them if you don't want to. And um, yeah, like uh, <laughs> they, they I, I, I thought they were good. Like, again, it's it's a cartoon and it's made for kids and not like young, young kids. But I mean, um, you know, six, seven year olds and younger and, than me, kids. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I'm I'll be honest, like I'm not watching it on my own time, but I was watching it with the kids and, and I thought it was it was well done. Like it's 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 good. Like it's Cuphead, right? I mean, it's still a cartoon for aimed at at kids but uh yeah i i never played the game and as you said like the animation style of it like they really lean into that with the tv show and i think that's where i really was fascinated by it and um i I like that that style of humor as well like that old school slapstick cartoon humor so yeah it's it's good in that front too and i think the second season's launching um in august so or the second part however they they uh they talk about it. So yeah. Um, yeah. Netflix is, they're, they're doing a lot of game stuff and I think they're further ahead on the, um, you know, the streaming content as opposed to the gaming side, but it seems like they're really trying to make a push into mobile gaming with their own service. They launched some of that as well. Cause that's what we need <laughs> more services, but you know, whatever, if it's tied to my existing Netflix subscription and that doesn't go up, then okay. Yes. Although it has gone up so much in the last like couple of years, but you know, whatever is what it is. That's going to do it for us this week. If you want to join the conversation, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI discord. Uh, you could also find us over on gamersinpodcast.com or on Twitter. You can follow me, Joss at Joss plays. Ryan is at R Murphy and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Thanks for staying at the gamers in. Remember tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Yeah.